Amen. Happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the Reach and Teach podcast. It is me, Victoria Baxter, a Christian life coach with New Thing Life Coaching, along with author, minister, and speaker. Of course, you can learn more about this online ministry at www.thejalministry.com. Let me put it out there for those of you that grab my first two books in the My Little pink book series. I did, um, the first one was like a book of devotionals and prayers and little, many little Bible lessons. And then the second one was a book of, um, prayer and prophecies, like a Christian manifestation journal. So I did those two, but now if you are a single woman, you might be pleased to know that there is a journal just for you. One that has quotes, scriptures, course material, etc all within the pages of the journal that will help you with developing self-love, dwelling in God's love and discovering real love. And you can grab the My Little Pink Book bundle. It has all three books at newthinglifecoaching.com forward slash shop. And of course, if you just want one of them, you can grab it from there as well. But yeah, if you want that bundle with all three, grab it there. If you already have the other two, then you can just grab the journal. Um, I don't think it's on the ministry site yet. I probably will add it there at some point. But yes, newthinglifecoaching.com. So it's Thursday. That means it's time for some Bible study. So grab those Bibles and let's get it. Grab yourself, you know, a little journal. And especially since you don't have the little, my, you know, my little pink book journal yet, but grab yourself a journal or a notepad or something, grab your Bible and let's get it. All right. Let me say a prayer so we can um, go ahead and get this party started. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we are thankful for this Thursday that you have allowed us to see. We are thankful for this Thursday that you allowed us to be in your presence, Lord. I am thankful on this Thursday for technology and just for the sudden surge of energy I have in order to reach and teach your children, Lord. I pray that you would be here with me over these next few moments together as I deliver this message, Lord God, because we want to possess all that you have in store for us. So outside of my notes, I pray that you would decrease me, increase yourself, because this moment is about you. This moment is about your glory. We are just here to get the victory. Of course, I am here as a willing vessel, but Lord God, we are here to experience you. So have your way during this time. That is my prayer be here with me and give me the words to speak and give everyone under the sound of my voice the ears to hear. Lord God, we love you. We need you. We thank you. And in the mighty matchless name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to go ahead and kick off with Luke 15. That's where I'm going to go ahead and start. And I'm going to read the entire passage of what we have been doing here over the past um, over the past month. All right. So I'm going to start in Luke 15. I'm going to make my way down to verse 11 and let me mute my computer. So every time I get an email or a notification, you all don't have to hear it in the background. So Luke 15, um, for those who care, I am going to be, I'm doing NLT translation. So parable of the lost son. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. 
So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, father, I have sinned against both heaven and you and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. And when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years, hmm, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back, after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. It's crazy how you can read something so many times, how you can even read verses from a passage so many times, but it's something about that one time you either read it all together, just sometimes it hits you a little bit differently reading and I'm realizing, you know, especially when the son was just saying like, hey, I've worked for you for years, years I've been back slaving and doing all this stuff, nothing. I'm also going back and I'm just thinking about how, you know, the guy was like, the son was like, hey, I want my share of your estate now. I want my share of the inheritance now. I want what I'm supposed to get after you die. I want that now. And man, we're going to touch on that a little bit with actually one of the scriptures that I came across while preparing for this. It's time to finish off our series, The Other Son, based off of the story of the lost son. We've been learning lessons from his brother, the other son, over the past few weeks to see what we can learn from him, mainly because of what, you know, was spoken in verses 29 through 30, when the son said, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. 
Yet when this son of yours, as if it's not his brother, yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. I kicked off this series with a lesson on activating your faith, you know, knowing who you are and whose you are. And then part two, I spoke more about whose you are and how we need to accept our role. You know, we are children of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. You know, all of these things that we have access to. And then, of course, I ended up going into part um, three, talking, you know, the more I spoke about whose you are and how we need to accept our role, I followed that up in part three, talking about, um, you know, simply asking for what you want because God wants to bless you. You have to just open your mouth. You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. So today I'm closing out this series with another A and that is going to be access. All right, let's tie all of these things in together. Let's talk about access. Now, when you look at the word access in and of itself, it means to approach or enter. It means to obtain, examine, or retrieve something. So in Ezekiel 28, 14, it speaks of accessing the holy mountain of God. There are so many scriptures even outside of that type of access on accessing the blessings and entering the presence of God and obtaining the blessings and obtaining the desires of our hearts. So we have the other son who made a big deal of what his father didn't give him, but he had access to everything the father had. And in part three of this series, I posed something. I was curious as to if he had even asked for what it is he wanted. Because a lot of times we complain about what we don't have. And some of us, we've never even taken the time to ask. But today, part four, I want to talk about you accessing your inheritance to receive your blessings. Now, not by the means the way the son did it, because you got to be careful when you ask for something too early. He asked for something that he was not obviously supposed to get until after the father died. So, of course, and sometimes it's not even so much, you know, sometimes some of us, we ask for something before we're prepared, before we even know how to handle it. Some of us, we've been asking and praying, but God knows that we're not ready. And that's why we have not gotten it. Because just like the son, you can get something too early. You can squander it. And then you'll have to go back looking crazy with your head down and your tail between your leg, trying to, you know, ask for apologies or even willing to take a lowly role or even having to settle for a position or a place that you're not even meant to be in or serve in all because you're you're thinking it's humility, but it's really embarrassment all because of you doing something prematurely. So we need to be mindful when it comes to trying to get something ahead of time. But accessing your inheritance as a child of God to receive your blessings. Look at 1 Peter 1.4. 1 Peter 1.4, it says, we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled. Hmm. Psalm 16, 6. Psalm 16, 6 says the land that God has given us is a wonderful inheritance. Psalm 135, 12. Psalm 135, 12, 12 it says, he gave their land as an inheritance, a special possession. Proverbs talks about an inheritance being obtained 
too early in life and now how it is not a blessing in the end. So we need to not rush as I was just speaking a little bit ago. Lamentations 324, it says the Lord hmm, is our inheritance. Therefore, we will hope in him. The other son. We've been examining the brother of one who left and was celebrated. He was bitter, but it wasn't because of his brother, even though he says this child of yours or that that son of yours, like I said, you know, that's his brother, but it wasn't because of his brother. That's not where his issue was, was lying. It was, he had not truly and fully accepted his place, his role and position as a son who was chosen. He didn't activate his faith to receive what he could have. He didn't even take the time to ask for what he wanted because if so, he wouldn't have been concerned with what the father was doing for his brother who had returned. So seemingly he didn't take the time to access what was his either. Now the thing about the word access is that it can be a verb or a noun. And when you have access and when you access, it means tapping into who you are and knowing whose you are. It means knowing that God rewards those who diligently seek him. But some of us are so busy occupying our time with what we want instead of who we serve. Again, Lamentations 3.24 stated that he is our inheritance and our hope should be in him alone. The other son was focused on what he wanted, not who he had access to. Hmm. You need to access. All right. And I want to look for a little bit in Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. And of course, I'm going to be going looking at the, the blessings here. Because we're talking about accessing the inheritance, accessing the blessings. So Deuteronomy 28, I'm going to be looking at that, that wonderful passage, verses 1 through 14. And let's explore this passage fully as we examine the blessings for obedience. Because here, the blessings were dependent on what? On the nation's obedience, on Israel's obedience. And they encompassed and included every area of life. So Deuteronomy 28, starting in verse one. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all of his commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. It says you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Now, another translation says that these things will come on you and that derives from a Hebrew word meaning to reach or seek and find those who are obedient. So it says the blessings will come on those. The blessings will reach those. The blessings themselves will find you. They will seek you out if you are obedient. Continuing on in verse three, your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and your bread boards or your, your kneading trowels will be blessed. The basket in verse five refers to the provision of daily food. Remember, we did that series called Food for Today. You will always have enough for today. And the kneading trowel was used to prepare 
the daily bread. So it's like those things went hand in hand. They both were needed. Continuing on in verse six, wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as he swore he would do, then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. So verse 10, that's saying that the blessings were the outcome of obedience for the purpose of giving glory to God. Others were going to come to know God because of their blessings. And the same is true for you. Your obedience is, is going to cause you to be blessed above measure. It's going to cause you to be blessed in ways that you can never even ask, think, or imagine. And the blessings that are going to seek you out, they're going to bring glory to God and it's going to have other people around you standing in awe of you and wanting to know more about this God that you serve. Going on in verse 11, it says, the Lord will give you prosperity in the land that he swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never, <laughs> you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord, your God, that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will always be on top and never at the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands I am giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. The promises of God. Hmm. The things that have been promised to us as his children, once we accept our role first and foremost. But it's crazy that I see today, we have Christianity being ridiculed, dissected, mocked. We have believers who are leaving the church, some who are leaving Christianity altogether. We have Christians arguing with other Christians. We have those who claim to not believe in the Bible because it was written many, many years ago and it has been rewritten several times. Truth, okay? Because the Gospels have different accounts. I don't know if you've paid attention how it might have given one number or one fact or something that took place in one Gospel, but it's a completely different account in another Gospel. You know, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptic Gospels. So they're supposed to, you know, all be kind of you know, telling a lot of the same stories and same timeline and things like that. But of course, they were written by different people and written to different audiences. Chronicles, they have different numbers in first and second Chronicles. They have different numbers and facts as well from its correlating books in, you know, first and second Kings and first and second Samuel. And we have certain scriptures in the Bible that seem to contradict others. And then we have the fact and the idea you know, knowing that God himself wasn't the actual author 
of the Bible. He didn't write the Bible, of course, though the Bible was written by those who were being spirit led. And of course, they had a relationship with God. And, you know, I mean, like the Psalms, it was like that's David's personal diary. But, you know, the Bible in itself just has so much going on. And I see how and why some struggle with believing the Bible. But here's what I do know. Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8, it says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Joshua 1.8 gives the key to success and it's obedience. It's obedience saying meditate on this book day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So it's like instead of arguing the facts and the truth, here's something that I tell my believers that are kind of on the fence with certain things. I say, look at the Bible as a history book, right? A book that contains stories of things that took place long ago, a book that was written by humans just like us. So yeah, perhaps some details are inaccurate. Perhaps someone's account was a little bit fuzzy, okay? However, still let it be a guide that you can relate to, one that you can still feel and experience his transformative power. Because at the end of the day, the Bible is to show you the characteristics of God, first of all, and in essence, how to be a good person. Not a good Christian, but a good person. Because obedience opens more doors than praying, pleading, claiming, and speaking into existence ever would or could, right? That's what we see so much when it comes to the Bible. We have all of these different things that, that the Bible shows us about obedience, about praying, about accessing, about accepting, about asking, about prayer, about so many different things. We see all of these different things. And at the end of the day, if we're so busy focused on, you know, arguing about the wrong things, we'll end up missing out on so much. So again, it shows us how to be a good person. And then in the Bible, we see that Jesus said the two greatest commandments are to love God wholeheartedly and to love your neighbor like yourself. That's what Jesus said. He said, those are the two most important things. But it's like you'll stress yourself out if you judge yourself for every wrong move or mistake. If you argue about what God is or isn't doing in your life, if you focus on how he's blessing your brother or sister, but not you. Instead, you can realize that you are a child of God and understand that he loves you and understand that no good thing will he withhold from you. Just be obedient. That's all you have to do is be obedient to the word of God. And I want to tell you how to be obedient in the most basic form. Because someone's like, oh, I don't know. Well, I try so hard. I'm just, I can't seem to get it right. Well, I'm struggling in this area and I'm here and I'm there and I'm all over the place. How to be obedient in the most basic form, starting off saying, hey, I'm just, I'm trying to get this thing called life right. I'm trying to live a certain way. I'm just, I'm trying to get some things in order. First and foremost, number one, you have to read. You need to read the Bible to know what to do. Psalm, 9, Psalm 119, 11. 
says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So it's like you have to read and you have to have the word hidden in your heart so that you know what to do. And I know that some people struggle when it comes to reading the Bible. And, um, you know, and that's why I, I knew that I had created a bundle. I forgot which one. I don't know if it was called the, the solid booster. I don't know. But I know that there's something on the JAL site if you go to the shop that's going to help you with understanding how to read the Bible, who God is, you know, the Holy Bible study guide, all of those different things. Because I know that a lot of us, that is that one thing that we really, really do struggle with. It's like, hey, I don't know how to read the Bible. And if, if you don't know how to read the Bible, then you don't know what to obey. You don't know if somebody else's interpretation of scripture is correct. You're not going to understand. You're just going to take other people's words. You will stress yourself out. You're not really going to know God. You're not going to know anything without reading the Bible. And that is something that is vital to us as believers. So you have to take the time to read it. And outside of reading, number two, rest. Rest. Don't focus on what you need to change and what you need to do and how you're struggling here. Just rest in his promise and know that he is going to relay certain things to you first and foremost. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. You know, and Jesus was talking about those who spend all of their time trying to think, okay, what, what do I need to obey? What do I need to do? Okay, well, there's one law about this. There's one scripture about this. Well, I know it says to do it. He's just, just rest. Just come to me and rest in my presence, all right? Reminds me of Mary and Martha. You know, you got one in the kitchen preparing and doing everything. It's like, oh my God, Jesus, I got to get this right. I got to do this. And you got to, you know, all of these different things. We have the other who was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Sometimes we just need to be present in his, in his presence. We just need to sit at his, at his feet and just hush and just listen. And that'll take us to number three, just receive, receive. All he says, receive it. All that he convicts you on, receive it. And just work on those things. Look at Proverbs 12, 1. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. Don't you just love how the Bible can just get you in order sometimes? But it's just, just take correction. Receive what he says to you and what you feel convicted on. Number four, repent. Repent. It's like, I think sometimes it's like repent. Like we, we overcomplicate repentance. It really is, you know, just that simple asking for forgiveness and it's repenting for wrongdoing, repenting for striving, re repenting for things that you know that you don't have any business doing things that you know are wrong, but it's saying, you know, Hey, God, forgive me. And Lord, help me with this. Ezekiel 33, nine says, but if you warn them to repent and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. We just got to understand repentance. And number five, respond. Respond. God is always speaking. Always. The question is, are you listening? Do you know his voice? Remember when Jesus said, my sheep, they hear my voice. They know my voice. If you've been in his presence, you know his voice. So God is always speaking. How are you going to respond to it? Look at Deuteronomy 30, 16. 
Deuteronomy 30, 16, it says, for I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. So obedience in the most basic form comes from reading, resting, receiving, repenting, and responding. It's time to access your inheritance. And you can only access the inheritance when you know what he has promised, which comes from reading, first of all. When you know the prerequisite, because as I always say, every promise has a prerequisite. There's something that you need to do, which is obedience, and you know what to obey when you read. And that know your place. That's how we kicked off week number one by accepting your role, your position, and knowing your place. Those things are vital. Those things have to be done. The other son forgot who he was, whose he was. He forgot how to activate his faith, how to accept his place, how to simply ask for what he desired, and how to access what was rightfully his. Look at Deuteronomy 1, 6 through 8. Um, this is the last scripture and we're about to close out. Deuteronomy 1, 6 through 8. When we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. It is time to break camp and move on. Go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighboring regions, the Jordan Valley, the hill country, the western foothills, the Negev, and the coastal plain. Go to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon and all the way to the great Euphrates River. Look, look, I am giving all this land to you. Go in, enter, access, and occupy it. For it is the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to all their descendants. Do you want to possess the land? That is my question for you. Because if you do, and if you're wise, like I believe that you are, you want to, so you just need to access it. He says, you have been traveling this mountain long enough. He says, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. You have been at this place long enough. You have been in this season long enough. It's time. It is your time. Have you been given up hope? Have you given up hope on something that has been promised? Reminds me of the Abraham anointing, right? It's like promised something he didn't ask for, took matters into his own hands, got it anyway, got the initial promise, and then was asked to give it up. But the thing about him, unlike the other son, was Abraham's faith was activated and he had accepted who he was. Hmm. He had accepted who he was. Have you given God time? Have you asked again? Have you prepared for it? Have you ensured that it's something that you don't already have access to? <laughs> because some of us are failing to realize what we already have, like the other son. Again, complaining about a goat, but his father needed him to see. Son, child, <laughs> all I have is yours. Don't be like him. 
not accessing what's in front of you. Go and possess the land. Obedience is where it's at, okay? Obedience opens, again, more doors than praying, pleading, claiming, and speaking into existence ever would or could. I promise you that much. I promise you it's all about obedience. Look at Hebrews 11.6. This is the last scripture. <laughs> and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Again, it's a matter of realizing that he is the inheritance. Don't focus on what you want. Focus on where it all comes from, okay? That is my prayer and my desire for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Listen, if you have any prayer requests, you can visit the website and send them all over at the jalministry.com. Up there, there is a place that says prayer. While you're there, you can also check out the social media platforms. You can subscribe to the site. You can sew into the ministry. You can read. You can shop. You can browse. You can do many different things. But when it's all said and done, I just pray that you're going to be obedient and that you have a blessed day, that you have a, a blessed week, all right? That you continue to do all four of these things as you're now triggered and reminded of so many different things all because of us taking the time to study the other son. All right. Y'all be blessed. Have a fantastic Thursday. Be thankful on today and I'll talk to you wonderful folks later. Bye.